Hello everyone, Dr. Julie here, and you are listening to my Coffee Chats podcast. I am a health researcher, PhD trained, and chef, self-trained, on a mission to leave the next generation and our planet a lot more of a healthier place. This is your space to ask questions on topics that no one seems to want to discuss, with information that is backed by research, along with a good dose of practical advice. Real talk, real people, real answers. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back, beautiful people. We are in December. Can you believe it? My 12 days of Christmas specials have kicked off, so make sure you check that out. I've got lots of goodies to give away, lots of daily deals. You know, giving the gift of goodness, I think, is pretty cool. I'm just saying at this time of year. And following on from last week's episode, I've got three more topics and questions in relation to things that pop up at this time of year. So let's get into it. We have starting solids at Christmas. We have what's the deal with fruit at this time of year and helpful advice on me time when there is no time at the Christmas period. So let's get into it. Starting solids at Christmas, how to tackle this. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go back and do so because I think it's just going to preface this a little bit. And for those of you that are starting solids, remember this is this is what I do. And I know that starting solids at this time of year, well, there's pros and cons. So if you're feeling pressure, If you're feeling anxious about it, there's a reason for that, and I want to acknowledge that first and foremost. And if you are potentially going to be away or with other family members or friends and starting solids, just give yourself a little bit of grace. You've never done this before with a baby, or if it's your second or third child, you've never done it with this particular child. And, you know, for those of you that have had multiple children, they do not make them the same, do they? You're like, well, I've had one, I've got it all figured out, and then you get another and you're like, oh, well, uh, but, but, but what I did with one doesn't work with two. So keeping that in mind, you're doing something new with your child for the very first time, and then you're going to be doing it in front of or around other family members or friends. Like, I get anxiety just thinking about that. So please give yourself some grace. And I would actually then check in and use that of, like, do you actually have to? So this caller's question was in relation to actually starting solids. Now, look, if you're going away for a week at Christmas, you can just wait a week. It, like, the world's not going to fall over. Your baby's going to be okay. It's just a week. So if you actually want to do it, you know, on your own, in private, without all of that, or you actually just want to save yourself the work and the cleanup and the extra hassle of like packing everything away or having it all with you, well, you can do that too, you know, so just to chuck some good science at you, you know, our World Health Organization guidelines are that it's perfectly fine for a baby to start solids from four months of age and ideally, you know, by seven months, they need to have been given that opportunity. So you've got a good period of time. And this is the same for any of you that are tackling any changes when it comes to not only your children's food, but anything to do with them. You know, toilet training, for example, it's okay to just wait. We don't have to do it in this perfect trajectory. You know, be strategic about that. On the flip side, if you 
are actually wanting to do it and if you are wanting to do it, you know, because for example, your partner might be at home or you're wanting that additional support, then you can you can do that too. There's definitely no have tos. And if you're listening or you've just stumbled across my work for the first time, I have got so many resources, books, incredible guides that are free blogs that are helpful on my website to actually step you through all of this process. So check that out. Now, second question is around just what the deal is with fruit at this time. And this is relative because a lot more fruit comes in season, particularly here in New Zealand at this time of year. What I want to say first and foremost is that most of us have been brought up with a public health marketing message of five plus a day, five plus a day for fruit and veggies. And while there were some positives to that, Unfortunately, what it did do was put fruit and vegetables on the same nutritional playing field, and they're not. Now, by no means am I saying fruit is bad, and if you've been following along or listening, you know that I don't put fruit into good or bad categories. There are a number of nutritional properties that fruit provides. However, if we were to put fruit and vegetables on a continuum, of how much goodness do you get from them, there is no question vegetables are far superior in terms of that nutrient density and nutritional value. Now, even if we want to go back and look at that five plus a day message, it was actually a ratio of three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit, which means more vegetables than fruit. Regardless of age of human being that we're talking about, but I'll bring it back down to babies soon, is that if we're looking at our nutritional intake, we still want the majority to be coming from vegetables. So if it's not, or if fruit is being a heavier hitter than that, then we want to change that because of that nutrient density and nutritional input. So this is why for babies and infants starting solids, I have a guiding principle to keep fruit limited because if your baby's only having one meal a day, well, then that ratio is, well, veggies and no fruit, right? Even if they're having two meals a day, again, the ratio is kind of, well, veggies in that, along with the other core foods, and really there's not really the need or the room for fruit. Fruit is significantly sweeter than vegetables naturally. A banana has four and a half teaspoons, so nearly five teaspoons of fructose. Fructose is the natural sugar found in fruit. It's a monosaccharide. It is going to hit that bloodstream really fast. Now, for those of you that are looking at insulin resistance as well, imagine the impact that that volume of sugar, while yes, it's natural sugar, it's still sugar, which means it's still going to be broken down and digested in the body the same, and it's still going to produce an insulin response. So when you're having fruit at breakfast, for example, while that, yes, this has been normalized, it's going to produce a very high insulin spike right from the start, which means you're going to go on that roller coaster of blood sugars up, insulin being produced, drag it back down, repeat throughout the day. So really be careful of that and watch that. Personally, I don't eat a lot of fruit. I don't. I definitely wouldn't eat a piece of fruit a day. I would be lucky if I ate a piece of fruit probably a couple of times a week. And I train quite heavily as well. It's probably the one place where I would use it is particularly like in an afternoon training 
period is to have something like a banana but would be still very rare ideally I'd have it in something like a smoothie uh, with other sources of fat or protein it would only be if I was like without other options or needing to sort of go from training all the way to daycare where I don't really have time to get to get like a smoothie for example but that's I'm doing a heavy amount of training and a heavy amount of like high intensity Olympic lifting type training as well again chocolate cookie versus a banana of course I'm gonna say you know have some fruit but keep that in mind and also keep in mind how we have our fruit you would have just picked up that I mentioned about having the fruit but still with a source of protein or fat and that's going to help to balance some of that insulin spike and also provide that satiety and again this is irrespective of age but it's really important for babies because we are developing their food preferences as well as toddlers so hopefully that's given you sort of a brief kind of lowdown on fruit in Actually, all of my books, I break down the amount of fructose in fruit. You know, some are higher than others. And I like. I think it's worth having a look at or arming yourself with that knowledge so that you can make some informed choices there. And our third topic was around helpful strategies for me time at this time of year. You're worth it. You need it. This is not a frivolous want as what I'm going to say just off the bat. I don't think that it's okay that we kind of sign up for this selfless mother, selfless woman trope. And at this time of year, the mental load of this time of year defaults to us. And it is hard. It is. Because what's already a hard challenge of finding and carving out, begging, borrow, stealing for that time, coping with the tax that gets put on top, then just becomes amplified. Because it's sort of like, well, if it doesn't get done, who's going to do it? Who is going to prep the presents? Who is going to wrap them? Who is actually going to put up the tree or or actually ensure that this machine goes? And that's hard because you still want it to happen. I mentioned on um, that episode I did with Kaz, you know, like some of the balls need to drop. Now, yes, some of them do need to drop at this time of year, but know that where that extra pressure comes from is it's like, well, if you're not going to put the tree up and no one does, then actually your tree doesn't get put up. If that's something that's important to you, well, there's a real flow on effect with that. So again, acknowledging the extra challenge with that, I think may help to give you some self-compassion at this time as to why it's really hard. And I'm still going to say that it's important and that you need to do it. You know, don't let two months go by without something in place. So I wish you didn't have to do this. However, it's where we're at. So being strategic about this is really helpful. If you can't necessarily change what's happening over the next few weeks, plan for something after. And I've done that I've done that and so I'm going to be working pretty hectically right up until kind of like the 23rd and then I've got like a break with my boys for like a few days at a and b and we're really excited for that but then after that I've got a weekend uh, with Kaz to celebrate my birthday which is actually on the 1st of 1st of January and like knowing that that's there and that there's a little bit of a break coming in amongst all of this madness it has just been so 
helpful for me and to know that I've just got that little tiny like pocket in amongst all of this kind of coming up and I'm very open that Christmas is the biggest one of the biggest triggers uh, for me at this time so having that kind of emotional bandage there as well is, is also really helpful so planning something and having some non-negotiables as well you know for me I'm still going to be keeping my training going over this period of time not the four days that I'll be away with with my boys but you know I'll as much as I can and if I'm not actually able to to do my weight training at that time then I'm going to be going for a run as well and kind of got those set out and planned out minimum number of sessions and then my non-negotiables because I need to keep them going and in my case I need to keep them going for my recovery and that ongoing recovery that I have to do effectively for the rest of my life and in terms of uh, what's happened with my ear as well so I've said this so many times, but we don't want to wait for something as major as that to have these non-negotiables, you know, because if we don't have these non-negotiables and if we don't practice them, even at this time, we don't know what's going to happen around the corner and we don't want to wait for it. We are not meant to be selfless, (laughs) burnt out, exhausted, tapped out beings And, you know, if you're feeling like that, that's your body screaming at you, not whispering, screaming at you, as hard as it is to to try and check in with that. So having some set non-negotiables is there, and that's, this is going to be potentially confronting, that's regardless of what happens, you know, regardless of if kids are sick, regardless of if there's an accident or an injury, regardless of if there's an important social event that comes up. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, you know, if your child needs to go to hospital and they've got a broken arm, that you still go and train. But what I mean with the non-negotiables is that they get they get shifted, they don't get cancelled, or they adjust, as in like, well, I'm going to have to put things on hold for this week, but then next week, these things need to, to come back in place when things are a little bit more settled because if it just keeps going and if it just keeps continuing you won't keep standing you won't be able to to give back and maybe even what you're doing becomes a shift you know from training to just half an hour where you put yourself back together it's not about what you do it's about the time it's about having that five minutes ten minutes stillness within things even when it's sort of seems so chaotic and like you can't you can't get a break there will be pockets that you can clasp onto and if you're feeling like your home space is very overwhelming something that I have used this year and I have seen other tips uh, on this is actually having a space in your home that is kind of a, slightly away from the fray where you can't see the mess or the chaos where you can step back and I've had to use this because you know none of my children nap they don't there's, there's no downtime and my older boys are awake until sort of 8 9 o'clock at night so you know for me to even sort of like do a whole day with three kids with absolutely no downtime like that's hard show me a job where that would happen I mean, to start with your job is eight hours. What's an eight-hour day with children? There's no, like, clock in, clock out with that, you know. It's from five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning if I get my 5 a.m. club, you know, right through to nine o'clock at night. So 
I've got a sofa chair and it's actually up in my bedroom and it looks out to the window and it means that when I just need five minutes peace, you know, I can sort of put the boys in front of TV and I say, look, I'm just going to take five minutes and I can go there and I can sit and I can look out and I can't see the rest of the house and generally my room is is one of the more tidiest of (laughs) the home of the rooms in the home anyway and it just gives me that little decompression time and then I can go back into the fray and so again having like a little space and a little space that's set up and you know like have some fun with it I often have um, and I do not often but I have like a vase that sits there and some flowers in there so again that's a little bit of a cue for me to kind of go this is my like safe space because I love flowers and buying myself flowers or a small amount of flowers or or like plucking them from the garden when when they're there is also part of that space and it doesn't need to be very expensive and it doesn't need to take a lot of time but it's a very practical valuable tip to actually give you that me time when it actually seems absolutely impossible and it's going to enable you to build on from that you know we're talking about and I don't want to take it lightly that five minutes is actually really hard. You know, when you've got a lot of pressure, when you've got never-ending tasks, when you've got the house screaming at you, it's still really hard to take that. So hopefully that's given you just some on-the-ground practical tips. And I don't just mean for this festive season, but of course because of the extra pressure that this brings, this actually becomes more important and you never know, you might actually keep some of these habits or practices that you're actually able to take with you throughout the rest of the year. So that wraps our second episode on tips and tricks and maintaining your well-being through this heavy festive season. As I said, I hope you've got some little things to take away. So much love to all of you, carrying those extra balls, juggling those extra things, taking care of your well-being in amongst all of this is so hard and so incredibly challenging and I think that you are doing a phenomenal job. Do check out my 12 Days of Christmas Bonanza that I'm running at the moment and I'm going to see you guys same time, same place next week. Take care. I just want to do a shout out to our incredible sponsor, 06 Coffee. As you all know, I am coffee obsessed. And 06 is a local New Zealand company, also very waste conscious. Coffee does not ask questions, coffee understands, and coffee gives you five minutes peace in the chaos, which I really hope you get today. Please use the code 1506 for 15% off. That's it for this week's episode. If you do have a question, please drop it into the contact page of my website or a DM on Instagram. Everything from food, well-being, business, motherhood and life questions are answered here. I do really hope you get in a peaceful cup of coffee or at least take some time to yourself today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date and make sure you don't miss an episode. Until next week, with love, Dr Julie.